Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Karen Jackson. She is the founder of Jackson Solutions, which is a sales growth advisory firm with a mission to help small and lower middle market business-to-business owners drive top-line revenue profitably. She draws on her experience as a CEO, an entrepreneur, and a sales executive to help CEOs reinvigorate their organizations, uncover obstacles to growth, and develop immediate, practical, and actionable strategies for accelerating revenue. So, hi, Karen. Welcome. Hi, Linda. Thank you. Good to be here. Glad glad to have you here. So I know when you talk about sales growth, you talk about a sales ecosystem. What on earth does that mean to a CEO or an entrepreneur? (laughs) Okay. Well, when I talk about sales growth, it's usually, it's actually really always within the context of an organization that's a going concern, but who's gotten stuck on the top line. So... You know, they, they're 10, 20 million in revenue. They got there pretty quickly and pretty successfully, and then they kind of flatline at the top. And so there's this sudden perception that, wow, my sales, our sales team isn't doing the job any longer, and it sounds like a sales problem. I came up with the idea of this ecosystem because as we started to explore the, the sales team's problems, as we say, or the fact the sales team isn't delivering, is that suddenly, like, well, people cannot look at a team within a vacuum. You have to look at it in a context. And that's where I started thinking about the ecosystem. And I think probably a lot of marketers can get that idea if we think about from marketing – and I'm going to say it right here for everybody. I am not a marketer. I'm really a sales <laughs> uh, sales strategist person. But you put but up I understand with marketing <laughs> enough to talk of, talk of this about 10,000 feet. When we think about marketing, and you know, we often think about the customer as sort of the center of this wheel, and then all the various touch points that happen for a customer in their engagement with an organization. You know, whether there's from a prospect through uh, customer. Uh, close of a deal, and then through post-sale um, uh, work together. So that's sort of the same way I think about the sales ecosystem. I think of the sales team in the middle of that wheel, and then what are all the different kinds of touch points that this team would have within their organization that might be have broken lines, that might be no, no longer supporting uh, in both directions. And so those are the kinds of things that make up the ecosystem – I sort of look at it in buckets. I, I'm kind of visual, so I think of it this way. I think of it, we have this bucket called a target market strategy, right? That's your right. customer set. The problems they face um, are Salesforce effectiveness, so process, um, right. playbooks, coaching, messaging. Uh, so sales performance specifically. Uh, sales operations, that's all yep. the support elements, that your CRMs, your analytics, your different kinds of tech stack that support sales, 
your talent management piece, so your comp plans. I mean, that's a really, really simple one you see frequently is the comp plans are not aligning with what we're actually asking salespeople to do. Um, and then marketing, right? How is marketing uh, supporting or not or integrated or not with the sales effort from, again, from prospect through close and through upsell and, and um account build. Now, it's fascinating because I was waiting. I, I heard about all these other things, and I'm sure there's some other things as well, but, but when I was waiting for marketing, and, and marketing and sales kind of have what I call a sibling relationship, right? Sometimes we hate each other, but if someone tries to um, pick on our sibling, we're right up there to, um, <laughs> to defend them. So how can marketing be more effective um, in terms of supporting sales, because with marketing, I see marketing as kind of opening the door so that sales can go in, have the conversation, and close the sale. And if that's not working, then the organization just stops because nothing gets done. So how can marketing be more effective? Well, I think it starts at, it starts with the notion that, for me, sales and marketing, first of all, should live within an organization in the same line management line yep um so so that they're not the so one sales or marketing is not the quote other right we're all part of this same team so it, it it must start there um secondly i'm a big believer in in frequent engagement between these two teams about around need and when we talk about need, of course, we talk about customer need, but we also talk about right. sales team need. So, so talk, yeah, talk to me I about think, what do you mean by sales team need? Because I think that's something that marketers think about customer need, and then often we think we just know what we need to give to salespeople. Yeah. So yeah, what right. is reality is happening there? Yeah. So actually, I can give you a great example from something that just happened in the last week um, with a with a client where we're we're building out new. New collaterals. It's not a rebrand, but it's a better. It's a relook at how we're messaging to to our customer sets. And mm-hmm. we, one of the sales guy, we were talking about what we want to roll out. We were talking about what these different kinds of collateral pieces need to be. And one of the sales guys said, "Hey, goes, can I can I say something? Right? <laughs> Please say something." He said, "My clients have changed." significantly. They're younger. They're not as experienced in our market. And they're coming up through the ranks. They don't consume these kinds of collaterals in the same way that my older uh, customers did. He said, so I need to scrap. I don't care about these collaterals anymore. He said, I need video. I need short consumable video on the same topic because they're my client now will say, sure, I'll I'll watch a three minute video, but I'm not going to bother to read the thing you just sent me. Right now, right. So there's what I'll call a sales need. Now, obviously, those are linked, right? They're right. not speaking sure. about something in their own vacuum. They're speaking about it in the relationship to the customer. But I'm not sure we ever would have gotten there had he not informed us that he's very clear that his customers that is consuming material differently. So there's a great that would not have come up if we have we have these very casual weekly meetings. I'm not going to call them a stand up. They're longer than that. But we talk about current opportunities and and what would be 
valuable in your toolkit, right. Mr. Account Exec, that would help you push your conversation. So I think it's really that, important. Yes, that's that's it's very, very important. important. Yeah. Because and, and talking about the world changing, we're obviously in the midst of this COVID thing, which isn't going away anytime soon. Um, so how do you see that changing from a sales perspective? The teams that you're working with, are they finding they need different things? Because obviously we can't have that old lunch or breakfast or, you know, take somebody out and, and sit in their office anymore. It has to happen virtually. So how does that, ha- how does that change what sales needs for marketing? Well, it's a good point, and I think even I would I would argue that even before COVID, our ability to have those one-on-one in-person relationships has really shifted significantly. Period. And now, you know, again, industries are all quite different. Um, if you're if you're in a more what I'll call traditional B2B environment where your buyer is more traditional, you might still be in the mode of, you know, delivering a proposal by hand, right? Printing, having a a, a folder full of brochures and, and handouts and that kind of stuff that you deliver. I mean, those, in the COVID world, of course, that doesn't even exist. So now it has to be soft copy. Everything that goes out the door will be done through email or some other kinds of links. Um I think it goes back to understanding what the conversation is that the salesperson needs to be having at what stage of their sales cycle. And I mentioned earlier uh, elements around sales process and playbooks. This is where marketing really makes a difference. Where am I as a salesperson in my selling cycle? And what are the different kinds of tools that marketing can provide me that will support my argument? Right. So I think what's unique, potentially unique right now, and I also find this very interesting. I have a lot of different clients. I have some clients who, because of COVID, their revenues are up sharply. I have some clients who, because of COVID, may not be able to keep their doors open, right? So um, industry segments uh, are are hurting or industry segments sure. are, are booming. So um, – I think just to look at it a little bit more generically, we we must figure out what is supportive at what point in the per, the individual sales cycle where they're trying to close a deal, and then what is supportive post sale that would cause this new customer to recognize that they should there are other things that they could buy from us. Um, Versus just this, maybe this one thing they originally bought. That makes Does sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and I think you're right. I, I don't remember the number, but I I want to say something like sixty or seventy percent of sales today start by the customer doing the research. You know, whether it's online or talking to someone or you know checking out right. references or ratings, as opposed to gee, I'd like to find out about X. Let me have the sales rep come in. So by right. the time the sales rep gets involved, it's a very different sale, and the marketing materials have to reflect that. So you need to – actually, a lot of the marketing, I think, has to happen before sales gets in there. All those things need to be accessible online or, you know, you, they have to – you know, influencers need to be talking about the product or the company, and all of that needs to still happen. It's just that's not happening within the quote-unquote sales process where an actual sales rep gets involved. 
And so it's a little bit different as to what marketing delivers to sales. Right. And so that goes, you know, we've, we've, We've long had lead gen, right? And, right. and the big, you know, talking about where we have breakdowns between sales and marketing, um, there, the conversation was, was, you know, we gave you all these leads and then the sales people said, yeah, but they were all terrible, you know? <laughs> and so, yep. uh, so, so, um, I think that what's shifted and of course, uh, automation platforms and have really made a lot more opportunity for, for marketers, um, to, to get the lead to a point where the there's a significantly higher percentage of the salespeople saying, yeah, that's a good lead. I'm going to run with it. It's also why a lot of companies, and I'm going to start saying bigger companies, because we have to remember, when you're in the 10 and 20 million range of revenue, you're, you're going to not have as many sophisticated tools, right? It's just a, right. Yeah. But um, a lot of companies are now implementing within their sales organization these um, this title that's often called an SDR, a sales development rep. And they're the people who are taking these leads and trying to get appointments through them or figure out that there was a bad lead so that the salesperson never actually has to engage with it. Well, and one it's a way we called them inside sales, right? They were the yeah, people that's who right. never that's made right. sales calls. Yep. That's right. So um, I'd say today, you know, because of the automation tools, the SDRs, um, that's sort of what we call them today, they're able to jump quickly, identify whether that lead is a, a, a qualified lead, and then hand it off to the salesperson. So some of those issues we've had in the past seem to be, better uh, served or better solved um, because of that one extra layer. So that, you know, I'm often thinking about um, where people spend their time, right, because time is mm -hmm. so short for any of us. And I think to myself, okay, is the $400 an hour employee doing $400 an hour work? Right. Question mark. So the salesperson and again, when I think about this ecosystem, that is one of the things I look at is the sales team, where, are, where do we have them spending their time? Are they doing the work that only they can do, or are they doing this, you know, the stuff that we could hire a $20 an hour employee to do? Right. And so, so, so that, that can run – I mean, we could go on another conversation about that. It would be quite long. <laughs> But as it relates to marketing, you know, do you have salespeople who are reinventing the wheel every time they want to send something out to this prospect? So let's make the let's make the assumption we've gotten far enough into the sales cycle that the salesperson is actually engaged, right? Right. Well, are we giving them a tool toolkit of marketing materials that they can automatically say, okay, this is where we are with this this prospect, I'm in stage three, and let's say stage three is what I, I'll call opportunity development. Like you, you, mm -hmm. you know there's an opportunity, and you're trying to figure out what it is and how we might be able to engage with it and bring that client over, that prospect over to the next stage. So often, there isn't a set of marketing tools for this thing, what I'm calling opportunity engagement. So if salespeople sort of trying to pull together and figure out what they're going to provide this prospect 
it's A, ridiculously time-consuming, but B, equally important, what they're going to produce isn't going to be very high quality because guess what? They're not marketers. That's right, yeah. Right? So, you know, it ties back again to this thing about team engagement, right? We are literally on the same team. And what's my job? What's your job? And how do we make sure each are doing the same job that gets to the same gets us to the same goal at the end. So that that is perfectly logical, and it sounds like everybody should do that. Why do you think companies have such problems integrating sales and marketing? Well, it's an interesting one because sometimes they are the the the, the problem isn't really about the teams individually. It's often a pro- bigger problem, which is a lack of vision and direction at a higher level. Interesting. And so, so what? So there's at, a, at the simplest level that could be you know a mandate issue, right? There's no mandate issue um, on how, or there's no mandate. Sorry, there's no mandate for how these teams should work together. That's at the simplest level. But at the higher, bigger level, and this is often unhidden, is there's not a there's not a shared vision of where we're all going together. Interesting. And so each individual team thinks they should be doing something different <laughs> toward a different end right. result, right? And that shows up, again, I'm talking small and lower middle market companies, that shows up in the form of sort of no strategic plan. And not just no strategic plan, but no strategic plan that has been explained to everyone in the company and then push it down into the organization so everyone understands their role in it. So it's almost like they haven't operationalized the plan, right? They may have a plan, but that's sitting in a binder somewhere or on a Yeah, nobody knows about it except for the person that wrote it and the four (laughs) people that put their time and energy into developing it. There's this wonderful... um, methodology, you may have heard of it. It's called um, objective key results, often Mm -hmm. referred to as OKRs. A lot of the tech companies have run with this. Um, It's it's what I call a simplified strategic planning concept, but what it does is it, it creates this vision for the future, and then it chunks it down into more, into actionable projects owned by people throughout the organization that, if performed properly, will get you to the result. And that, in my mind, has proven to be one of the most powerful things about getting everybody aligned to why, what, where we're going and what's our relationship to one another in order to get there. And that's certainly not just sales and marketing, of course. You know, that's sure. operations, that's finance, that's everyone in the organization. What's my role, my organization's role and my individual role in getting there? And how do we chunk that down into bite and bite-sized projects so we can deliver um because that's another piece of of these big plans, right? Is the big plan sounds really good, but then you're like, "Well, how how do we get there?" How do we like, get there? Sure. How do we get there? You know, um, you may remember I Dream a Genie. You know, she crossed her arms and she and she bounced her head once, and then the thing would appear. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't quite work. Not in real life. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I see this sort of like a GPS. You need to know where you're going first, right? The, the only two things you need to know to put something into a GPS and 
you know, our mapping program is to say, here's where I am and here's where I want to go. And even when you say, okay, I know where I am, where I want to go, then the question is, how do you get there? Are you going to drive? Are you going to take public transportation? Are you going to take an airplane? Are you going to take a boat? Um, and if you're on the boat and I'm in the car um, and we're both going to try to wind up somewhere else, it's just not going to work, right? We're going to have That's a, right. a exactly. contentious so, time. Yeah, and along the same, if we if we even narrow that idea down, but say, well, why are we using the GPS? Oh, because I want to go on vacation. Oh, right. okay, you want to go on vacation. Are you going to the beach? Are you going to ski? Sure. Are you? So now suddenly it's like, okay, I'm going to ski. Okay, well in that case, I need you know parkas and boots and right. right. And so, oh, I need that gear. Well, how, where am I going to get that gear from? Right. Oh, I need to go shopping and I need to buy. Or I'm going to rent. So it's exactly the same idea as if we have a shared vision. It's articulated well so everybody understands what the heck it is. Now we can start saying, okay, what does that mean for us in our part of the organization? What's the implication for finance? What's the implication for operations? What are the projects they need to be responsible for to help us get there? Um and so it's the same thing happens for sales and marketing, right? If we know where we're going and we know why. and why, and if we really are clear about who our target markets are, there's another problem yep. that exists within this, this um, ecosystem. Um, good, another example of that, um, another client, uh, it's a – it's a service-based business, and they have multiple market segments. And they, I discovered that they had the sales guy who was going after this uh, vertical that was entirely outside of the um, defined verticals. <laughs> and I, so I said, of course, I said, well, why? He said, well, that's where I have relationships. I said, but we don't have a service offering. We have a product. Yeah. That's right. That supports those. So, so you might get meetings, you might get conversations, but you're never going to close it. There's no deal through your pipeline. So why are you doing that? He said, well, nobody ever told me not to. That's funny. Sort of reminds me of the old story about the man who lost his keys and he's looking under a, a, you know, a light street light, and somebody comes along and says, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for my keys. Is this where you lost them? No, but this is where the light is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, perfect. You know, I love that. It's the same That's thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. right. So, you know, target market strategies to me, it just gives us guardrails, right? It gives us right. guardrails. And now you might in your travels, right, as a, as a salesperson, you know, putting my salesperson hat on, I might say, oh, my gosh, I've just discovered there's this opportunity with this target market that's contiguous to another one, we should really be thinking about that. And that's fantastic. I mean, I love when a salesperson walks in the door and says, I think there's an opportunity we should be looking at that. But then it has to be done in a way that we're really doing some analysis and getting clarity and then making a, a real decision that says, okay, we're adding this vertical and these are the reasons. And now – now we go over to marketing and say, okay, marketing, help us figure out right. how we're going to talk to these people. Figure out, you know, as I said, then you, that's when we can start saying, okay, what do we need to support? What is the messaging? Um, here's a great example of that. I had a client who was doing a lot of work in the government sector. And 
they really felt strongly that their service had a, 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 a there was a place for it in the in uh, corporate for profit settings. And I and we kind of looked at it and we did a little bit of digging around. And we talked to this, uh, it was it would be something that uh, actually would be something that a chief marketing officer might purchase. So you would understand mm-hmm. that. So. Um, but we, the language we were using in all of our marketing materials and all of our sales conversations was for federal. Right. And I looked at this and said, so it makes sense to me that we're onto something here, but our languaging is all wrong. And, and our targets are going to see what we're trying to say and they're going to immediately think, oh, this doesn't pertain to me because our language is all wrong. So we ended up doing some voice of the customer work to understand what are the messages you would need to hear, right, in order to say, sure, I'll talk to you about this. So, again, that was a great um, example of sales and marketing working really well together, is sales saying, there's, I know there's an opportunity for this over in the corporate sector. I've talked to a few people. They agree. How can we re-engage with the sector? What kind of language can we use? And we started building out um, we started building out programs to, to to speak to those people, and it was very successful. That makes sense. It makes total sense. So, Karen, this is fascinating, and being, you know, my background in marketing and working with sales, we could talk all day. But um, if people wanted to find out more about you and about the sales ecosystem and how marketing fits into there and how sales should work better with marketing, where should they go? My website is easiest. I'm also, of course, on LinkedIn. Um, my website is jacksonsolutions.com, and there is a section, I have a blog section uh, where I talk about these things. And so I'd say, you know, go to my blog, and uh, if you want to have a conversation, you can reach out to me on any of my links on my website. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Lots of great stuff to, uh, to think about. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. You too. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.